Hello, everyone. Welcome to Pop Culture Period Piece Podcast. I'm Laura. I'm Julie. And today we're going to talk about a pop culture period piece and give it um, a pop culture period piece rating using our highly scientific rating scale that will develop <laughs> right at the end. <laughs> so, um, but before we get into it, Julie, do you have any recommendations? Oh my gosh. I don't know why I forget this every time. <laughs> um, because I, I always know, like, my, well, I'm going to take us on a journey. The coffee was out this morning. You're welcome, world. Oh, um, no, but yes. <laughs> I think I've talked about this before, so I apologize if I do it again. Um, But I just saw the finale last night. But uh, the after party. I don't think you've so, talked about it. Oh, I haven't? No. Okay. Um, it's, a, it's like a murder mystery, but the premise is that each episode is a different perspective from a suspect. Oh, you and... have talked about this. I lied, but continue. Okay. Well, I I want to reiterate my recommendation because I started and then life happened and we had not watched it in quite some time and finally finished last night and it was still delightful. Yay! Um, my this is not a recommendation, but I know you're you're there. Where are you in Love Is Blind season two right now? Oh, I finished it. Oh my gosh. So it's, I don't know if it's a recommendation, but if like listeners, if you just want to escape into nothingness and be frustrated at things other than life and our government and the economy and gas prices and social injustice, and you're like, I just want to be frustrated at random individuals. I don't know. Watch Love is Blind season two. (laughs) There was, there was definitely a point where like I just was watching to get to the reunion oh yeah Um, oh yeah I think Netflix knew that too they edited them like they put them in weird chunks of episodes like I wouldn't create an episode the way they did you know I think that the first season because nobody knew what to expect Mm -hmm. um I'm, I'm so curious I'm so curious what the casting call looked like for the first season versus Mm -hmm. the second season um because i feel like the first season there were definitely like shitty people yeah people that did shitty things they were edited to look like shitty people people Uh, that did people that did shitty things um we'll strike that from the transcript good good (laughs) i don't want that one girl coming after me Jessica. jessica um do you know that she's 34 no i don't know how old she was (laughs) <laughs> she told us a lot and yeah, i she can't remember she should have told me more i would have remembered but i do feel like in season one they were all ultimately there because they genuinely like wanted love and and all of that mm-hmm. um season two it felt like there were much more shitty people and i think i think everyone sort of knew like we I can say yes to this. That doesn't mean that I have to go down the aisle. There was a lot of, you know, if we go down the aisle, I mean, who knows? I don't know if I'm going to say yes. I don't know if yeah. they're going to say yes. But it felt like in season one, they they really believed like, well, I said yes. So now I'm committed to this. I can't do it again. I can't back out. Yeah. I So I did hear that in season two, um, they they did a lot of their casting by actually going on Tinder and reaching out to people through dating apps in Chicago. Oh. So that was like how they did a lot of their casting. And 
fun fact, I am starting to learn a lot more about Love is Blind because my boss, who you know, not going to name her name, uh, her best friend was on season one. <gasps> so I was like, I have to know everything. She's like, I didn't ask. I was like, if I give you a list of questions, she's like, this is very weird, Laura. I was like, I know, but I'm just so curious okay, about wait. casting. Yeah. A, did you get to give a list of questions? Not yet. I'm still compiling them because I I'm, I only have one chance to do this, Julie. <laughs> and B, do I get to know who it is? She said she would tell me when she got back from their retreat. Oh my gosh. Okay. Right? I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> okay. So yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if that's my, yeah, it's my recommendation. It's a ride. It's just like a sweet, it's like the twilight of reality shows. Don't recommend bringing any of the psychology in your day-to-day life, but it's a sweet, sweet ride. Love is Blind season two. <laughs> there we uh, go. So today we're going to talk about Forrest Gump. It is uh, one of my picks for Flashback Friday. If Flashback Friday, son of a gun. Flash. <laughs> Strike that from March. the record. Strike it for the record. Allegedly, allegedly, Flashback Friday. Um. <laughs> flashback march and i picked it for many reasons that we'll probably talk about uh but forrest gump if you haven't seen it is stars tom hanks and it is the journey of uh individual from the mid 1950s all the way into the 1990s uh from the story when he starts as a boy to when he has a little boy um and he ends up going down his biography interlinks and intertwines with famous figures throughout history so we kind of get the history of america from 1950 all the way to 1990. Ta-da. <laughs> so i i'll start I picked okay. this because it was filmed in Savannah, um, most of it, like 90% of it. And the chapel that you see the very beginning where the feather goes down, mm-hmm. you could see from my dorm window when I went to SCAD. And um, the square that he sits on where the bus is, is oh, yeah, yeah. was like a block away from my dorm. So it just holds a special place in my heart for several reasons. I feel like we have done several movies that were filmed in Savannah. I had we're going to no do idea. another one next week. Wow. Yeah. I didn't realize it was such a film town. Yeah. I mean, it's Georgia, right? Like you think about the amount of stuff that's filmed in Atlanta. It has the same tax cuts, except it's like a small town vibe and you're near the ocean. So like Vietnam, quote unquote, was filmed in Savannah. It was just filmed like 10 miles away from the. I think I, when I think about sort of the the uh, film renaissance in georgia though i think about it later like i think about tyler perry studio and then all the marvel stuff i don't think about it as earlier Mm -hmm. no definitely started in 90 in the 90s it basically started when like florida lost it (sighs) no offense florida um because that's also when pennsylvania's renaissance started to come back it's not as big Mm -hmm. as um Georgia but like Pittsburgh that's when we started doing like Silence of the Lambs was filmed here and stuff like that mm-hmm. yeah so what are your thoughts Julie hmm. well 
I feel like it's it's like un-American to not be in love with this movie. But I'm not in love with this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's weird watching it in a post-2020 world. Um, because first off, the, the casting choice and the... Tom Hanks is a treasure, but there is this like Oscar bait quality to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also it definitely is a America is. Mm-hmm. So why were you not in love with this movie? Well, let me start with why I wasn't in love with the movie the first time I saw it. Okay. Cause I, cause my, I think my reasons for not being in love with it have, have actually changed, which I think is, you know, I don't know, shows growth as a human. Um, mm. When I was younger, I wasn't in love with it because um, it didn't keep my interest. It mm-hmm. To me, it was like a parade of like, here's this historical reference. Here's that historical reference. Look at how clever we are in finding a way to insert Forrest in it or have Forrest like inspire this thing. Mm-hmm. And now that I'm older, it there is still a sense of that. But I think some of the historical figures that he has encountered are sort of encountered, not encountered. That's not even a word. Let's make it up. Um, It's like a very, not watered down, but like a very broad strokes interpretation. Um, But also uh, it's, and I I looked this up. This is an actual thing. Um, It's like inspiration porn narrative. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, it just makes me feel oogie. <laughs> like, look at this person that has a disability and they have risen above and beyond their disability. And aren't you a person that is, that is you know, doesn't have this? Don't you feel inspired? Um, so mm-hmm. it, I still felt like it was excessive with the, look, we found, we inserted someone in a historical event, but it also just made me feel oogie. Mm-hmm. do you know who shares that vibe um my theater <laughs> my theater professor in undergrad we were talking hmm. we were like quoting it one day and he was our script analysis teacher and we were like what are you, what are your thoughts on Forrest Gump and he's like I want to do it with his uh imp- like an impression of him but none of you know him so it just sound weird if I do that but he basically said like he hated it because it Forrest didn't do anything. He just kept getting lucky to make other events happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that doesn't make me feel good because I work for everything I have. It should make you feel good. It shouldn't make anyone feel good. It's just these giant events keep happening. What is interesting about it, though, now that we're saying this, and this may be a very hot take, but this is about a white American man. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's the only demographic straight white American man that this type of movie could ever be made about. If that makes sense. I think so, but go on. Just like how he can find himself in situations that escalate him economically very quickly. And he can Mm -hmm. find himself in situations that, you know, like 
he isn't supposed to be in, but he can just like come in unannounced and he, you know, um, so yeah, if that, yeah, if that makes sense, like if this, if they're like, we're going to do a movie about, oh, a woman through 1950s America when she's a kid to 1990s America, like it wouldn't. No, yeah, I yeah, because she wouldn't be able to even accidentally find herself in those situations. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Let alone, could she do it if she tried really hard? You know, like so. So I think that there there is a there is an interesting thing when it comes to that inspiration porn about like that that aspect of it of how it's just like oh, I'm going to stumble into this and I'm going to do this and do that. Like the amount of economic prosperity he gets throughout his life because he comes with up with an idea and then people like say, um, oh, I'm going to give you part of it because I'm just so happy and thankful for you giving me this idea. Mm. And he reciprocates that. Like he does that a few times too. So it's not all on him. But like, I think for our generation which is like the social network generation where andrew garfield has to smash a laptop ah the andrew garfield renaissance watching a movie like this feels yeah i i could i could understand feeling icky Hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i had when i was sort of like because I, like I said, I, I looked up the, the inspiration point. I was like, I, I am feeling this way. I do not know how to describe yeah. it. <clears throat> so um, I found it. There was something called Contingent Magazine, and, and the article is called Gump Talk. And it was a professor um, that had their students watch and then write. Um, they So they had, sorry, let me back up. My gosh, I'm never doing this without coffee again. <laughs> So I don't have that much coffee either, which is why I'm like, uh, what? (laughs) So they brought together six historians to talk about Forrest Gump. Yeah. And the the first was like a professor that showed it to their students. Um, but this, the first professor brought up the inspiration porn. Um, and, and all of these professors had, had very like interesting takes. Mm -hmm. Um, one of them described it as um they said this is what forrest gump taught me all white history is fan fiction oh yeah yeah and Mm i it just it was interesting so if um if you look up contingent magazine in this article i highly recommend it it's called gump talk i think we can link it in our instagram if i can figure that out (laughs) oh yay you're in charge of that now (laughs) because i don't know how to do anything um follow us on instagram uh but yeah i i could see that for me i do i do love this movie not necessarily from a what this movie brings to me but how this movie makes me feel um especially in the in the savannah of it all like i miss savannah every day of my life um i'll move back there eventually it's fine uh but there's that and there is the fan fiction element to it right like I, growing up in the, you know, in the 90s, you had a certain view of, of America, and that was this, like, Forrest Gump, well, if you were 
you know, white and middle class, you know, uh, you probably had a certain view of America and that view of America was this movie. Um, Cause it had that fan fiction element and anyone can do anything if you just like work hard enough, but sometimes you don't even need to do that. Look, America is just open for everyone. Um, and there, there is something um, that is, it's not full of like, Oh, what word am I looking for? This is why we need coffee. It's not full of like critique and it's not full of, um, yeah. No, I'm not criticizing you. I'm simply. Yeah. Yeah. Not full of, um, I know this is the word that I'm looking for listeners. If you can figure out like when you are tainted by negative thoughts or feelings or the truth, it's not full of blank. It's not full of that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is truly like nostalgia and openness to America and what it can bring. And, but so like there's that, but at the same point, I will say what is interesting about this movie. So if you just follow Forrest Gump's storyline, right? If you follow Jenny's storyline and the movie was just about Jenny, it is a completely different movie about a completely different America. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so I do think that that's a storyline that is like so overshadowed by Forrest Gump that nobody like not nobody but I just I feel like we should talk about Jenny's storyline as well yeah because I think that that's almost like the 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 dark shadow compared to this like bright shadow this brightness that is Forrest Gump of like, he grew up in like, yes, his family wasn't extremely wealthy when he was growing up, but they did have means. And they also had property, which mm -hmm. meant that they could rent out a room. And then from there, he was able to go to a good school because he had a football scholarship. And from that, like, so there's, there's that path where Jenny comes from a low-income abusive household mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so she tries to escape that so she joins a few political well she goes she goes to college and when she goes to college she can't afford it so she starts singing at a strip club and yeah I just I just feel like if Jenny's storyline is a movie that if they remade now would be for an American audience today. Yeah. Yeah. And it it's such a it's such a strong storyline in its own right. Mm -hmm. And it, it does feel a little bit like when when we see it, it is in support of moving Forrest's yeah. story along further. Yeah. And, you know, you have, you have Bubba as well, that that's a completely different storyline of America. Mm -hmm. And you but it's not, yeah. it's not presented like, um, like with the intention or the awareness of like, and, and like, here's it, here's a, here's a mirror to Forrest. Like, here's what else is going on. They're all there 
to support and yeah they're plot devices yeah oh my gosh yeah i can't get get over the thought of like jenny's storyline now and and seeing that yeah because it's it's heartbreaking it is so heartbreaking but the amount of like oh what's the oh no there is <laughs> there is a term in film in film criticism for women who die at the expense of moving a male storyline along you know like the dead mm-hmm. ex-wife and you know mm-hmm. and so jenny is that um and so and you also see that a lot in this like the 1990s era of film um so yeah, I feel like if that was more intent, maybe maybe it was intentional, but the writers wanted to do this like reflection of how like a white man can move through society compared to a white woman compared to a black man compared to you know like, mm-hmm. and maybe they were trying to be intentional through the 1990s of it all, and like we don't know. There are so many things. I just want to say in general, when it comes to movies, when it comes to theater, when it comes to any creative media, we're seeing even YouTube where you're like, YouTube's unfiltered. No, it's not. If it's sponsored, the sponsors watch it before they approve it. Like the Mm -hmm. whole video. Producers watch things. The original script that they submitted may be completely 100% different than the movie that's put on. Editors have, have their, how they do their work. And anyway. So it could have been, and I feel like there is something in there that if it were done today, using those storylines to really go how America is, is the United States of America is given as like the land of the free, home of the brave, you can do anything you'd like, but it really depends on who you are and where you come from. And here are the examples. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I've eaten at the diner that Jenny works at and it's delicious. <laughs> you you know Mike loves the diner. Yeah. He will break for diners. Oh, well you'll need to go to this one in Savannah. <laughs> we haven't been to Savannah in a while. Now this this movie now that I know that it was filmed in Savannah, this does make me want to like go to Savannah. Now I will meet Laura. Meet in Savannah. Do... I feel like you don't understand what the middle or compromise is we could meet in charlotte i mean we could but you have spent half of this episode talking about how much you love savannah and want to go there oh i'm gonna move there it's gonna happen i'm manifesting it (laughs) there we go um like like uh forrest gump manifested helping with apple uh (laughs) what a weird thing uh what a weird like Uh, this fruit company you get it audience you get it there is a lot of that yeah yeah you get it audience do you get it um look how smart we are um and i will say that like i another thing that if you're from savannah and you watch forrest gump you're so angry about the bench isn't there that would not be a logical if you've ever been in a town where there are squares that would not be a logical pickup spot for a bus in the middle of an intersection also the way the bus comes that's not how traffic flows in a square it flows the opposite way <laughs> so those are the two things savannians that i've mentioned to justify 
how silly that is that they're like yeah we're gonna change but the bench but the bench uh, is for view at the savannah historical museum uh that is on forsyth avenue so five dollars you get to see the bench thank you um i love savannah so yeah i feel like we have some pretty interesting thoughts on this movie is this movie responsible for giving us Gary Sinise? I do not remember Gary Sinise in existence until this movie. I don't know if it's responsible for giving us him. I think it's responsible for us knowing him. Okay. Well, then for that, I, I do appreciate this movie. Yeah. So. Um, I mean, I, we already knew Robin Wright. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And we still know Robin Wright. But... I, I have this lovely bit of trivia, actually, oh, for yes. him related to this movie. Well, so he played lieutenant dan in the vietnam war and the trivia i read was that the character um spawned decades of charitable work by the actor focused on veterans yeah. so through his gary sinise foundation he has helped build homes for disabled veterans and helped send thousands of veterans to visit the national world war ii museum in new orleans louisiana but he also has a band called the lieutenant dan band <gasps> And, and they do USO tours and then run local events and cookouts for veterans and families of the fallen. So I just, I think that that is sort of like a, a lovely tag on his experience in this film that it playing that role inspired him to, mm -hmm. to do this work because it, it gave him that, you know, that, that visibility. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's my Lieutenant Dan band trivia. Oh, I love it. I know that you don't like a movie when you research more about it. <laughs> That's not true. Um, I feel like it's it's anecdotal at this point. Mm -hmm. That like mm -hmm. you're like I have several articles about this movie because you 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 don't want to tell me you don't like it, especially if it's my pick. So you're no, like, I was pretty clear about that one movie. Yeah, I um, mean, it's it's when I like can't. Like I'm like I feel something strongly, but I can't articulate. It. Like mm -hmm. I'm like I don't know what this means. That what I'm feeling. Mm -hmm. Like, I literally wrote, um, Forrest Gump disability movie made me feel weird, um, and that was where I learned about um, inspiration the porn. inspiration porn narrative. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there was a lot of those in the '90s. Mm -hmm. But it was like such a like good time economically. People were fighting over Beanie Babies and Tickle Me Elmos, not gas prices and racism. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like this, you know, it'd be the time, you know, art reflects what's happening. And I think that the, that America's the greatest narrative was the heaviest in the 90s yeah and so yes. the movies of that time are definitely reflecting that mm -hmm. so so julie mm -hmm. one out of ten benches in savannah that aren't actually there and at the savannah historical museum <laughs> for five dollars uh what would you give this film i think i will give it a four um they all put out really good performances mm -hmm. and it was like it was very pretty to look at 
Mm-hmm. I think you're going to get shocked by my answer. I'm going to give it a five. Okay. Because um, I do love this movie, but I love it almost more like a screensaver than I do a narrative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if that makes sense. Like, I love the the warm comfy sock of it all that is just watching first off savannah but also just like these characters these performances and there is a fan fiction element to it of like yeah here we go so great (laughs) he's gonna you know he meets elvis he teaches Mm -hmm. elvis to dance the way he does (laughs) um but is it the most entertaining movie ever no is it a movie that does give me the icks yeah sometimes um but as a screensaver and as for the time in history it came out you know good solid five right in the middle so uh-huh okay yeah so laura what are you looking forward to Peter Pan opens on Thursday. <laughs> yes. Um, I've been directing an elementary school production of Peter Pan. We open on Thursday. We have five shows, which is insane for an elementary school production. I yeah. didn't make the schedule. Usually um, it's like one and done. Yeah, no, it's like there's a school performance. There's an evening performance. There's a matinee. Um, one of the kids asked me like, why are we doing five? But she's in second grade. And I was like, well, here's the thing. The first day, your mom and dad have to come see it. Friday morning, your friends have to come and see it. Then your aunts and uncles have to see it. Then your grandparents (laughs) have to see it. Then my parents have to see it. (laughs) So that's my answer right now. But um, it's been, uh, it has 110 elementary school kids is our final count. Um, There's 110 kids in this? Yeah. Holy shit. Exactly. That's a lot. Yeah. So I am tired. Uh, We found out a week ago that we're not going to have a fly system. So I have to, I've spent like yesterday just like trying to like envision something else to do to make them look like they're flying because the set's already done. Mm -hmm. Like, and so uh, that's fun. Um, But the kids have been wonderful. It's been a really good experience for me in figuring out like what I want and what I don't want out of life that sounds more jaded than it is but it's just been a really good like and also knowing that like I'm I'm really good with kids I'm like that sounds like I'm boasting but I'm but I am yes Um, you are yeah so it's it's been a wonderful experience but I also it has helped me realize I want to focus on other things so opening it sharing that lovely time with the kids will be great but also Closing it will be really nice. Julie, what are you looking forward to? Okay, so today. Oh my gosh. If you say sprouts. No, it has nothing to do with sprouts. There is a garden in Orlando called (gasps) Blue Gardens. I was wondering if you were going to say this. Once a year, they do a plant sale. A plant sale! I saw it on Instagram. Yeah, so we're going to go to the plant sale. We're bringing a wagon. Oh, Um, this year I have a list and I have plans and we're going to the plant sale. I'm going to get an avocado tree. No. And if you move, you have all the stuffing already. Um, Cool. Well, thanks for listening, listeners. 
Thank um, you. <laughs> rate, review, subscribe. Uh, we upload every Thursday. And we thank you. Yeah, thank you for listening. We need to get coffee. All right. Bye. Bye. The Pop Culture Period Peace Podcast is a part of the Trident Network. To learn more about our videos, live shows, and other podcasts, please visit thetridentnetwork.com.